0: Welcome to memorizing scripture my name is gordon and this week we are learning john 14 6 john 14 6. and you'll notice that if you're watching this on youtube and maybe you even hear the difference that uh, i am recording this in my truck so this week um, i mentioned l- uh, last week that my family was sick sickness ran through our house and so i missed my studio time and this is the best that i can do this week but i want to keep moving forward and keep us memorizing and on track to try to memorize a verse a week. So if you're doing that, I hope you appreciate that. And our memory verse this week is John 14:6. Again, John 14:6. So let's go ahead and read it. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, so yesterday we started some context and we jumped in in chapter 13, at the end of chapter 13, when Jesus is at the Last Supper, and he's saying all these things, these astonishing things. He's saying, someone's going to betray me. You can't go with me uh, to where I'm going. He tells the disciples all these things. And and by the end of it, their jaw is probably dropped. They probably have no idea what Jesus is talking about. In fact, it even said that during that conversation, they were still arguing on who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. They still think Jesus came in on that Donkey's colt, and that was his way to begin his reign, to overthrow Rome, and to lead the Jewish people into the land of the Promised Land. For really, I guess, in a way. So, but here, here we go to jump into chapter fourteen. So again, we leave the disciples here with their jaw dropped, and Peter says, "I'm never going to betray you, God." And Jesus says, "Before the rooster crows, you're going to have betrayed me three times." And he looks at them, and in verse 14, I I, I kind of imagine, again, their, draw, their jaws are dropped. There are terror in their hearts. He sees their look on their faces, and Jesus says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And you'll see that as this chapter begins, um, he also ends with this word troubled. And it's not a troubled where I feel troubled because I lost my keys and I'm frantic about it. This word trouble, tarasso, in the Greek, it means disturbed or frightened or fearful or terrified or even grieved. And the disciples thought they knew what was coming. We know that. They thought they had their security in Jesus. But what Jesus was saying was blowing their mind and they were in a panic. But Jesus, he, he's all compassionate, all loving, all comfort. He knows what he's saying, and he knows what the disciples are thinking. And so immediately he gives them the answer to a troubled heart. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. And then the answer right after that, believe in God, also believe in me. So what is the answer to a troubled heart? Jesus. Yeah, he gives it right there. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. And Jesus is the only one. He is the answer to this troubled heart because he is the only one who gives perfect love and perfect joy and perfect peace, perfect patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. He is the only one who offers eternal life. He is the only one who can defeat Satan. And he is God. And so he says, believe in God and believe in me. And right there, I mean we could just end the podcast right there. I want to continue, but just knowing that is comforting or not. When our hearts are troubled and we feel anxious, there's no secret magic formula. Jesus is the answer. But in this context, Jesus keeps talking. He says, Here's here's why I'm leaving. We just talked about in chapter 13, Jesus said he's gonna leave. The disciples can't follow. He says, here's why I'm leaving, because in my father's house, this is verse two, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive myself to you. That where I am, you may be also. And this is so much, adds so much to that comfort, so much support. And the reason why is Jesus gives a description of heaven. And, the, and that comforts them that they will be there with him someday. And at this point, the father's house had only been described as the the temple in Jerusalem back in chapter 2 when Jesus you know, calls the people um, who were selling the sacrifices. They were a den of robbers. Don't do this in my father's house. But this is something different. This is Jesus saying he's going to prepare a place for us. What does that mean? Is he going to prepare a place for us by going to fluff? a billion pillows and set up the bed of a billion people who can stay there in heaven? Obviously not. What he's saying is that this is an example of marriage. And so I want you guys to remember that Jesus is the bridegroom in the church. We are the bride. And here's a couple of verses that we can reference that. So in Matthew 9, 15, Jesus says "Them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them. Can he? Can they? But days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. John 3.29 says, He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. In Revelation 19.7 says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready so the reason why this is important is because a little history on the bride and the bridegroom he references himself as the bridegroom that's that's the point of those three verses i wanted to show but back in the day in history when a man and a woman would often be married they'd be married through an arranged marriage we know that that exists in our american culture that doesn't often happen but in Jesus' time, once the families were committed and the engagement period began, the groom would spend about a year building onto his father's house and prepare a place for the bride. He would work toward their future and work toward the wedding day, which is why in chapter 2, it was such an embarrassment for the groom to run out of wine. You look, you know, in chapter 2, when Jesus made water to wine, the reason why he did that, because the groom ran out of wine. And so it was kind of embarrassing because... Not only is he the head and the provider, he had a year to figure it out. And it kind of showed like, hey, dude, can you not figure that out? What's going on? So the man would work for one full year. And then when it was time to be wed, there was this parade that he would lead, this sort of parade where he would walk down to her home, he would go and get her and bring her to his home. There was a big celebration. And once they got to the man's father's house, they would start the week-long wedding feast. And so Jesus is saying here that you are my beloved bride. I must die for the world and go prepare a place. Just like this example here of of marriage back in the day. Go prepare a place for my church, for the people who believe in me. This is a powerful statement because Jesus loves his church. He cherishes the church. And as he is telling his disciples this, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. This is something that through all mankind, through all of human history, who believe in Jesus, that we can be comforted in this. He first says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. And if you do, I'm going to prepare a place for you because I love you more than a bridegroom loves his bride because he is God and he loves his people. So it's comforting to know that the all-powerful, mighty God desires for us to be with him, that he's preparing for that day. He doesn't know when the day is. God knows the day. But he's preparing for us that day. And, and again, that leads us to our memory verse, that he is the only way and he is the best way and the most loving way. And so by using this example of a bride and a bridegroom again, we can just be comforted in knowing that Jesus loves us that much and he's going to prepare heaven for us in advance. And so he instilled marriage, he created marriage, he uses marriage as an example, and then we get to enjoy marriage here as God created it. And so that that's his desire for us. And this is that's the answer to our troubled hearts. If we're like the disciples and we're anxious and the world gets in the way and, and we can't let go, we can always look to Jesus and know who he is, both today and how he interacts in our life and both in the future when we'll spend with him eternity. So that wraps up our podcast for today. I uh, want to encourage you to continue to repeat this verse, recite it out loud, put it on your phone background, listen to ours 15 to 22nd. First episode at the beginning of each week. If you wish to contact me, you can email me directly at ideamailbag at gmail.com. That's ideamailbag at gmail.com. And remember to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That takes about 10 seconds. We really appreciate that. It does help get the reach out with our show. And so let's go ahead and repeat our memory verse. I'm going to say each line twice. I want you to say the second line to help you get involved. So here we go. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way. And the truth and the life. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. All right, fantastic job this week, and until next time, continue to put on the mind of Christ.